0: Break the Cycle with DSD, episode number 15. This episode is brought to you by HypnosisDownloads.com. HypnosisDownloads.com brings you a large selection of hypnosis downloads that are designed to help you with many issues you may have. For me, I turned to HypnosisDownloads.com when I was in my dark days and needed something to help me get my life back on the right track. One of the downloads that helped me was Mend Your Broken Heart. If you think this might be helpful for you, go to www.dadsurvivingdivorce.com slash hypnosis. You can also find other hypnosis download files I used on my resources page on my website. The information in this show is my opinion and for information and educational purposes only. Please consult a medical or psychological professional before making any changes that could affect your mental health. Welcome to Break the Cycle with DSD. I'm your host, Dwayne, and in this show, I help you break the cycle of emotional abuse to help you get your life and sanity back. All right, I wanted to hit a topic that uh, I haven't talked about in a while. I haven't talked about on the podcast at all, but I haven't even made a video on it, and that is when you're feeling trapped and the excuses that you're dealing with when you're, when you're going through all of this. And, and I mean, there's legitimate reasons to feel trapped and, and there's the whole issue of figuring things out on your own timeline. And I just want to dive into this and and cover some things that you're probably struggling with and it might help you think about and contemplate what you're dealing with and give you some new ideas to help you figure out uh, the direction you want to go. Now, now first, First things first, don't beat yourself up no matter where you are. That, and I'll just say that again. Don't beat yourself up for where you are right now. Everyone's timeline on this is completely different. What I mean by that is you have to make the determination and the decisions based on your particular facts, your specific situation on what you're gonna do and how you're gonna deal with it. Again, everyone's timeline is different. What may be easy for you could be really hard for me. And conversely, what might be easy for me could be hard for you. Everyone's story and everyone's path is a little bit different, and there's nothing wrong with that. You have to embrace your specific situation and your timeline. Now, I'm gonna get into this a little bit more in a little bit, but this is really an important concept, and I'm gonna try to drive it home throughout this, this podcast because it's really important that you don't compare yourself to other people and their timelines and what they're trying to get you to do. Bottom line is it can be really difficult to see the reality. And wherever you're at at this particular moment, that is your reality. And maybe you're listening to this stuff if you're early into this process then your reality is, is is slowly evolving and you're starting to see things differently but maybe you're not there yet and even if you're if you're farther along with this your reality and your perception of things are going to gradually change or continue to change over time and again that is okay okay now for some context for some people who are are maybe newer to my to uh, my podcast or my YouTube channel I'm just going to cover a little bit about me and what I went through just for context that so that you could potentially relate with my process and how long it took me and maybe some of the similar things you might be going through yourself. First of all, I was married for 21 years, 21 years. I mean, that is, that is a long time. We even waited to have kids. We didn't even have kids until like you what year seven, So we were seven years into it before we started having kids. I mean, in some ways in my mind, I thought that, uh, you know, we were doing things right. Now, the next part of this, I'm going to get into some things that uh, were definitely not right. First thing, we had a very short engagement. We basically only dated for three months. And within that three months, the mirroring and the love bombing and all that stuff took place, Uh, We were convinced we were soulmates. We were convinced we were destined to be together. And within that time, I also joined the Air Force and actually went off to basic training. So we dated for a couple of months. I think our first date was in uh, September of, uh, what was it, 89. I went in the Air Force in November of 89, so September, October, November. So three months, went into the Air Force, did basic training, ended up in my technical school, which is in Biloxi, Mississippi, at Keesler Air Force Base. And uh, during the course of that time, before I even left to go in, we had decided to get married. Within that first three months before, let me just say that again, before I left to go into the military, we had made the decision to get married. Now, we didn't get married before I went in, but I got married after I was in, and she actually was planning on going into the Air Force as well, but that ultimately didn't happen. The other thing is, is during the course of that courtship, I saw but ignored many red flags, and I always made excuses for them. Whenever something happened, I was able to rationalize in my mind why why she reacted in a certain way. It was either because I was you know, busy doing basic training stuff. So I wasn't able to write, write her back because at one point she got all upset because I wasn't writing her back. Anyone who's been in the military knows that you don't really have a hell of a lot of time when you're in basic training to write letters, let alone make phone calls or do anything like that. So I did get, uh, I did get some, some, uh, letters like that. Maybe, maybe it's easy nowadays with, uh, with telephones and, you know, text messaging and stuff like that. I don't know when I was in, that wasn't an option and it was, it was letters. So there were some there were some things in the letters that, that didn't make sense. Whenever we were dating, or whenever she came out once to see me when I was in Mississippi, uh, during the course of that, we had actually decided to not get married. And by the end of the weekend, I had changed my mind again, and we were back on track. And then even whenever she moved out before we actually got married, and the few mo- or the month before you know, she moved out, we had to get married to to do to uh, to be able to live together and all that stuff because the military complicates things that way. Again, there were there were red flags that I chose to ignore and and I was so desperate for a good relationship that that's that was the the that was the big uh problem for me because I wanted it so badly. I wanted someone to really want me. I wanted that illusion. I wanted that which I thought was unconditional love. I thought that you know, we were vulnerable together, we were we were there for each other um, again, I, all the red flags I ignored. So my, my thing on that is when you're, you're dealing in this particular mode is, you know, don't beat yourself up for the decisions you made. There were a lot of things leading up that helped you be uh, pliable for this or, or, uh, susceptible. A lot of times it's, 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 uh, our family of origin and the, the, experiences that we had with our parents, childhood trauma, all those different things that in, enable us to get into these situations. So, you, you know, don't beat yourself up for making bad decisions that you see as bad now. You didn't see them as bad before. Nobody is going to sit there and make a decision to, to do something that is so much in their face that's wrong. Now, caveat I did say that there were red flags and everyone might see red flags. So maybe you saw red flags too. I did. To be perfectly honest, there was a couple of times where I'm like, ooh, is this really a good idea? Is is this really smart? Maybe I should slow down, but I ignored it. Now I could sit around and I could beat myself up and say, oh my God, what the hell was I thinking? I knew I could tell right then and there that it was bad. What I'm saying is, is that even if you're reflecting on that yourself don't beat yourself up on it you were trying to make the best decision that you could with the information you had with the the handicaps that you had and as a result of it you you made the decisions that you made right now you're learning new ways you're you're learning techniques to to make your life better you're learning how to deal with these people and all those different things that would be the only time where i would say maybe you could beat yourself up is if you Learn everything and you just say, no, I am intentionally going to make a decision to destroy my life and that's what I want to do. Now that's now that's a problem. Now, but I would say if you backslide, if you break no contact, or you, you re-engage with your ex or you, you know, are even a toxic person that that uh, you you decide, well maybe, you know, maybe they're not. Guys, I had to do the exact same thing. There were times. Now, it wasn't so bad. I was lucky that that the hoovering, which if you're not aware of that, is whenever somebody comes back around to try to 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 reestablish communications, or basically to try to reestablish control of the relationship. But I did do things where I reengaged to to like, okay, you know, maybe things are different, and then it was just the patterns repeated, right? And sometimes you have to prove it to yourself. I get it, and I'm going to get in to to that and a little bit more and a, a little bit later in this podcast so don't forget that point we'll come back to that a lot of times when you're in the midst of this you just feel trapped you know once you're once you're in it it is it's hard to get out So again, that rolls back into not beating yourself up. Once you're in something like this, you have to wrap your head around it. You have to figure out your best course of action. You even have to figure out what your reality is. And a lot of times there are a ton of reasons that keep us locked in, in the situation and with a person that is uh, probably not so great for us. You know, the first thing is, is we're just scared. You're just scared of what is going to happen. What is your life going to be like? What, What will happen next? you know if you make a decision is it going to blow up in your face and that kind of rolls into you know the next thing is is a lot of times it's money you know you could be scared about well i don't have and i actually went through this It's like i don't have enough money to afford everything and to be able to survive you know i mean that and so look i mean i'm on a situation that i knew i was going to be the paying payer side and i still was like, oh my God, is this going to be able to work? I didn't leave thinking that uh, I was going to walk out with all my money and, and everything was going to be great. <clears throat> it would have been great, but that's just, I mean, I knew there was, that wasn't the reality. Conversely, if you don't have money and you're, you're dependent for whatever reason, whether it's by choice or whether it's by manipulation, to where you are not able or you're not working, that can keep you trapped and then the other thing is, is other people's opinions. You can be worried about what are people going to think? Are they going to, you know, how am I going to be perceived when people look at me and see that I had a failed marriage, see that, that everything went to pieces. And how is that going to affect you? A lot of people are really, really scared and really concerned about that. And then finally, this is this, and this isn't, this isn't an all encompassing reasons. These are just some main reasons I just want to hit And some of these reasons affected me. And this last one, and this one, this one kept me in the marriage for years was, will it be worse? Is the nightmare that I'm living today, the chaos that I'm living today, is it going to be worse? And I was really, I was really, really scared of that. And you know, I mean, it's like one of those things where it's like, okay, am I going to make this decision? And I'm, am I going to be, you know, walking, taking a long walk off a short pier, or living under a bridge, or or, you know, a van down by the river, or whatever it might be? Will it be worse than, you know, after this decision than it is today? And that's a legitimate fear, the fear of the unknown. And what I will tell you is, and, and I'm sure you all can relate to this, is when you're in a toxic relationship. You are constantly living in a state of fear where you 're worried about what tomorrow is. There is no excitement for tomorrow there 's only dread and concern, and that 's exactly what I was dealing with. I was always worried i wasn 't necessarily worried about my ex- uh, leaving me. I was worried about becoming a failure, losing my job, uh you know losing my reputation, losing you know everything everything that I had worked for. I was really concerned about that. I was constantly in a state of fear about that. It was to the point that from that anxiety and stress that I could not even enjoy anything that was, that was positive happening because I was so worried about what was going to happen tomorrow. Now I'll get into, I'll, that's another thing I'll hit, but I'll just cl- quickly jump on this right now, is the difference from, from that time to now is now I'm excited about tomorrow, I'm like, I don't know what it's going to be, but I'm excited about that unknown and what's going to happen next. And that transformation is is incredible. And, I, and a lot of times I cannot even believe that it actually happened, that I'm in this mode with my life because I didn't think it would ever get there. And the final thing on feeling trapped is you get comfortable in the chaos. You, you get comfortable with the emotional abuse you get comfortable with the breadcrumbs that you get that the the little tokens of, of of attention that that's what you you just make that your life you make that comfortable and you make it to where it rolls back into what I was talking about before is like well it's not that bad i'm comfortable it's okay i have you know i have my family i have my house i have my kids i have my toys I have my my financials in order and you just get comfortable in that mode and you accept it. And again, don't beat yourself up for being in that in that mode. A lot of times when you're going through this, you are in such emotional turmoil with such stress and anxiety constantly driving everything that you're doing with your life that it's really hard to see anything different. When I was going through this, I was so tired I was so depressed. I was so stressed. I, You know, my hands would sweat all the time. I, my, I would have anxiety attacks all the time. Um, I mean, okay, I still have some of those. I mean, that's partly the personality type that I have, but it's nothing the, w- the way it was before. But how can you expect to, to think clearly and evaluate your sis- situation and make good decisions when you're in that mode? It's, it's nearly impossible to do. And you know, so you have to keep everything in context with what your experience is. Okay, but here's the thing I want to hit on this that's, that's really important. And that is, is this entire situation will slowly eat your soul, will slowly kill you and destroy, you know, your entire motivation for existing. That also feeds into that anxiety and stress that you're dealing with. It's just it's a it's a slow erosion of of everything that's important to you, your hopes and dreams and the ability to see anything going going forward. Now, one of the things is on the slow process is that's a lot of times how this whole thing happens is it starts out great. It starts out with the love bombing. It starts out with the mirroring. It starts out with someone being basically everyone every it starts out with a person basically being the person you always wanted. Now, part of that is as they observe you, they realize what exactly it is that you want, and then they portray it to suck you in. Then slowly out of t- over time because it's nearly impossible to maintain a facade while you're living and, you know, ha- in a relationship with somebody, it slowly erodes and that slowly breaks down. So the way that they were treating you before goes away, it starts shifting into the reality of who they really are and how they really Interact with people, and that that is a gradual descent into hell, basically. Now, this experience can cause severe depression. It can affect your mode. Motiv- I mean, depression. You, we all know affects your motivation, affects your ability to critical think, it affects your 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 process on on how well you do at work and how well you're able to do things. To be perfectly honest, I was really lucky that I have. Uh, a unique ability just to persevere through these things. And I was able to still do okay at work. Now, there were some things that, that, um, that, you know, it did cause problems here and there, but even with that, I was still able to, to, uh, to promote and, and make more money and all that kind of crap. The The problem is, is that I didn't enjoy it. I didn't feel good about it. And I wasn't getting any validation from, uh, my, my, my wife at the time, my ex now, to, you know, to, to, can, to push on with that motivation or to get validation that I was respected and, and cared for and appreciated and everything. It was always those subtle little things that were the subtle put-downs, the ignoring, the, the lack of attention and affection, um, all of those different things that just made, made basically life slowly, you know, a, a slow nightmare. The other thing is, is all of this creates a tremendous amount of stress and anxiety, Again, let me go back to what I was saying before when I was talking about the context. I was in this relationship for 21 years. There were a couple of times where the relationship almost broke down, but what typically happens in these situations when I put my foot down and the other person feels threatened, oftentimes they'll regroup, they'll go back into the love-bombing stage to regain control, and that's what happened in my situation it's weird. I remember there was a, a, a period of time uh, when I got out of the Air Force where we kind of had a blow up where the normal crap was happening. And we had, I, I, st- I finally put down a boundary saying, No, enough is enough. I'm not going to do this anymore. Things have to change. And I was serious. And she did change for a while to get me sucked back in. Then we had kids, and, you know, I one of the kids had a disability and stuff. And, and it just, you know, then another, Oh dear God, what another nine, nine years went by nine, 10 years went by. Oh geez. Maybe it was 11, you know, a significant amount of time. So it's like, it was like this lather rinse and repeat cycle where, and, and you guys will see this. They will tell you things. They will tell you what you want to hear. You want it so badly that you believe it. You don't listen to your gut and you re you reset the clock and you start going through this again. It's that's a normal process. So again, if you find yourself in that situation, don't beat yourself up about how you got there. This is not easy. This is a very difficult process. You're you know, your soul bonded or your your trauma bonded, however you want to call it, to this other person. And you even if you know fundamentally realize that this is a toxic unhealthy relationship that's not good for you and if you have kids it's not good for your kids the thing is is you have to realize that it takes a while to to really understand and and accept and realize that the situation is toxic that it's not healthy for you it's not healthy for your kids to get to the point to be able to make a decision to 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 decide that being trapped is not a good course of action and that those reasons that are holding you there, like I mentioned before, you know, being scared, worried about money, you know, what will others think? You know, will it be worse? To where you get to the point, and this is what happened with me, where I got to the point where it's like, damn it, I deserve an opportunity to be happy. I deserve an opportunity to have peace. I deserve an opportunity to be in an environment where I can love my kids and not be in this chaos. And and that was a catalyst, right? For me, that is what started to change things to where those reasons that I was trapped, those excuses that kept me there weren 't enough to to keep me in line, and I got to the point where it was my mindset was okay it this has to change, something has to change. I cannot continue my life this way, and one of two things are going to happen either. We're going to fix it. We're going to work on it together. We're going to go to therapy. We're going to have um, communications and learn how to talk better. And I mean, at one point, I was excited about the potential for the marriage to get better. The other flip side to that is that it's, it's toxic and it's done. And that's a really, really tough spot to be in. And I get it. And, and there are so many reasons, like I mentioned before, about how, you, how and why you can feel trapped and they're legitimate they you know they're not that, that it's they are the reasons that are holding you there, and that's okay I mean it's not that the the experience is okay, but this is what I'm going to get into in the next part and it's it's whenever you're making your decision right that whatever the decision is right for you, looking at the story that I mentioned, you know the red flags that I mentioned early on, I made the decision to progress with the relationship i made the made the decision that we were still going to get married. I made the decision after we got married and the mask did drop a couple of times that, that I was going to stick with it, that I wasn't going to walk away from it, that I made a commitment for this marriage and that we loved each other and that, you know, for better or worse, and that was, that was my motivation for continue, continuing on that process. Bottom line is nobody can tell you what to do. I can't tell you the right decision of what you need to do. I can't say you need to pack your bags and leave today. Your best friend can't tell you that. other people in your family, and 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 it could also be the other thing. I mean, other people could be saying, no, you just need to stay. They could be giving you they could be giving you information points to say, well, it's easy. You have a nice house, your kids go to school, you know, in the, in a nice neighborhood, or you know, maybe they're saying that uh, you won't be able to survive. I mean, whatever the thing is, all those different inputs, Nobody can force you to make a decision. Now, not making a decision, although that is a decision, it's an easy decision. And look at my situation, going back to what I was talking about with the context. 21 years. There was a lot of time in there to where I would think that this isn't going to work and maybe I should do something different. Not constantly. I'm not saying that for you know 19 years I was thinking that. But there were problems in the relationship and it kept coming up. But it's easy to stay. It's easy just to take, you know, go to sleep early, just hit the reset button, start over, you know, accept the breadcrumbs that you get from the person and just lather, rinse and repeat and keep making it through your day. That's a, a spot that you get, in, get into. But you have to feel it what the right decision is, right? What I mean is, is early on, every time I felt in my, when I thought, I don't want to say felt, when I thought in my head that I should get out, my heart wasn't there i wasn't ready for it i didn't feel that that was the right decision it, it, for, you know for whatever going back up to the reasons i felt trapped i couldn't i couldn't make that decision and bottom line is only you know when it's the right what the right decision is for you and only you know when what you need to do next and maybe it's simple things you know i mean if you're listening to this and you're in, and you're still together and you're still dealing with this that's okay and maybe you're just learning about the situation, learning how to deal with your your environment and trying to figure it out, right? I mean, I think most people are going to go through a situation where they're they're va- vacillating back and forth, you know, is my ex really toxic? Is it just a communication problem? What's my role in in this whole thing? And then it's like what what decisions do you make from that? Like I said earlier, my course of action on that was to when I saw that the relationship was completely degrading, was to to push for marriage counseling. Because I, I, I didn't want to be out of the marriage. I wanted it to work. As I mentioned earlier, there was a period of time, even whenever it, this was spiraling out of control, where I really believed that our relationship, my relationship with my wife at that time, was going to be better. And in the back of my mind, I was thinking, you know what? In a few years, I will probably be laughing about this and our relationship will be so much better at such a different level that it will be almost entertaining that we went through that experience. I literally had that comment in my head. So I tried, right? I didn't just decide to leave. Now, just let me to back up for a moment. If that is where you're at, if you've gotten to the point where you're like, I'm done, I can't do this anymore, it's soul crushing, I don't... I don't want, I mean, I just, I can't do it. Again, that goes back to making your own decision. And if that's where you're at, and if that's the right decision for you, and if that's what feels right in your heart, then that's what, that's the decision you make. You know, don't, don't rush into anything. Don't do it quickly. Don't do it rashly. Do it very thoughtfully and diligently. Because, you know, obviously this is going to be a life transformation experience, and it's more than likely if you're dealing with a a toxic person, a person with strong narcissistic traits, potentially even a personality disorder or an undiagnosed personality disorder, it's going to be complicated. It's going to be tough. It's not going to be easy. The thing is, and this rolls back up into what I was talking about with me feeling trapped, is at some point... You have to make the decision that you can't live that way anymore. That something has to change. Either the relationship has to change and the dynamic with that person has to change or you have to do something because, you know, do you really want to live the rest of your life in that mode? And that's where I was. Again, guys, it took me 21 years to get to that point. 21 years. I mean... You know, I mean, this isn't one of those things where I'm sitting here saying to you, you know, I I got married and the mask dropped and, and I realized that this wasn't right. And I, you know, within a year or two, I packed my bags and left. And there are some people, getting back to what I was talking about before, with how different people have different timelines, there are people who can see through that. Typically, it's people who didn't have a really poor family of origin, like I did, and maybe you did. So whenever the mass dropped, they knew that it was wrong, and they could see it it's still hard it's still you still have a connection because that person sucked you in, even if it was a year or two. There's still going to be a connection now God forbid you have children, then it's just thats that just continues on. but still once you break free from that and once you, fart, once you start getting your life back, it really starts to, to make difference. Again, you have to set your own timeline to make this happen for it to be right for you. So so the, the thing I just want, want, to, want to say on this is that no matter what, you, what you're doing with, dealing with in life, and this could be a romantic relationship, this could be even your professional career, whatever it is, if you're sitting there and you're going, okay, this isn't where I want to be, I mean, and, and I can honestly say, like in my situation, in my professional career, I don't, I want to do something different, right? Does that mean I'm going to walk away from what I'm doing right now? No, because it's not the right time. And it, there, there's there's a timeline I would need to make happen that uh, that I could deal with the consequences on it. But I'm even evaluating my, my professional life and where I'm at and looking and going, okay, this isn't where I ultimately want to be. How do I start setting the pieces in motion to get where I want to go? And that is the same thought process that you would make if it's a relationship. If you're in a relationship and, and you're, let's say you're not able to work and uh, you want to be independent well, you start doing things. You start going to college. You start working on a on a, a new career, um, making creating a business, whatever the thing is. And in some ways, maybe that's just you know you you, you plan to do that post of the divorce, just so it's not tied up in, in in other things. I mean, that's there there's 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 strategic and tactical decisions that you make throughout this whole process that um, you know have consequences and have benefits. And it's a it's a matter of evaluating those, looking at your own personal situation, your own personal specifics of your situation, and then making the best decisions that you can. But bottom line is, and I just before I wrap this whole thing up, is when you feel trapped on anything, just slowly realize that you don't want to feel trapped forever and start working on ways to get, to get untrapped, to start figuring out how you're going to to deal with, with your particular situation. And bottom line is, is please try when you're dealing with that to not get into the mode that you get into this catastrophic feedback loop to where you feel trapped, you feel like you can't get anywhere, you feel like your life is going nowhere, you feel that uh, all the different reasons are catastrophic, that there is no future, all those different things. And Hopefully, at some point, you can, get to the, you can get to the point to basically say to yourself, okay, I deserve better, that you deserve better. You deserve an opportunity to be surrounded by genuine people, to not have chaos in your life, to, to be someplace different, and to get to the point to where when you go to bed at night, you're excited or at least not fearful of the next day. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can find the show notes for this episode at www.dadsurvivingdivorce.com podcast slash 015. Don't forget to check out our sponsor, hypnosisdownloads.com. You can support the channel by using the affiliate link www.dadsurvivingdivorce.com hypnosis. Any purchase you make will help support this podcast. In closing, just remember to be kind to yourself. Don't beat yourself up and realize you do deserve to have a good, genuine life.